You are listening to the Black Sitcom History Podcast with Shannon and Summer, where we explore issues from episodes of the most popular and polarizing black television sitcoms from the 1970s and beyond. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Black Sitcom History. I am Shannon. And I am Summer. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to us. It's the Wednesday show. Um, we will be talking about season two, episode eight of the Jeffersons. This episode is entitled Moving On Down. And it first aired on November 1st, 1975. As usual, we're going to go ahead and get into what this episode is about, followed by a segment on our thoughts and our takeaways. What did we get out of this episode? Um, and we, of course, are going to bring you Wednesday's Quivia answer. So with that, um, let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, this episode starts off with... Um, George is upset about something. He's in a very bad mood. But before George comes home, he, um, before George comes home, Louise and Florence are talking about dinner. Florence is planning on making some salmon. And Louise tells her, don't even do it. Uh, fish is like a four-letter word when it comes to George. He hates it. Is it is a four-letter word. <laughs> it, it is, but you know, you know what she means. It's a bad word. Um, so he he hates it, but when he comes in the door, um Florence mentions the, the salmon after Louise told her not to even mention it. And George is like, okay, whatever. All right, no problem. So he's call gets on the phone. He's calling over to the bank and he's trying to get a hold of Mr. Johnson, who is some banker and his secretary or someone who works at the bank is saying Mr. Johnson is out to lunch. Mr. Johnson has been out to lunch for a while and for some reason, George just can't get a hold of him. He's in a bad, bad mood. He's starting to kind of get a little uh, upset with the person on the phone but then eventually he's um he kind of just chills out a little bit and he's like oh okay well I'll wait for the call no 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 big deal Lionel comes home and asks him for twenty dollars and he shuts him down he's like no like I'm not gonna give you any money um he's real short I guess it's typical for him to be like to to give Lionel the money um I don't know why Lionel doesn't have any money. That's one thing. Like, he not have. I guess he doesn't have a job. But well, he spent the twenty dollars that George gave him previous. So he needs another. <laughs> he 20 needs another twenty dollars. Hmm. Like he needs a allowance. No, did, did he owe somebody some money? I yeah. know. I know why he's oh. asking. I know why he's asking for the twenty dollars. Uh-huh. I just don't know why he needs to get the twenty dollars from his dad. But okay. anyway, that's. I'm not going to even worry about that right now. But anyway, he doesn't get the $20. So right now we have George in a situation where he's willing to eat fish. You know, he eats crow when he kind of 
cowers in uh when he's on the talking on the phone to the bank um and he's not giving any money to, to Lionel. So Louise knows obviously something is wrong um with George. He's not himself and as they're talking George is like talks about his financial problems like yeah the cleaning the the profits are down uh we we made 10% profit this year and Louise goes well that's still profit that's good right and he's like no it was 20% last year so something is going on to where you know he's his profits are cut in half um and he just spent 10,000 on some equipment that turns out to be junk so he got played by somebody and turns out this $10,000 equipment is no good. So my assumption, and I don't really remember them mentioning it, mentioning it in the episode why George was trying to get a hold of Mr. Johnson, but he he's a banker, so I assume he needs a loan or wants a loan for something just, you know, for some cash flow, of course. Um, then after after he talks about his his issues Tom and Helen come by they have some champagne and <laughs> they come by with champagne and they come kind of find out they they came over because Tom just got a raise and his ra- raise is, is equal to $10,000 he's now uh the vice president of of pu- his publishing company so he's got a $10,000 raise and George just spent $10,000 on some bum equipment. Um, so things are not going well. And he feels like he's on his way down. He's used to winning. He's used to getting what he, he wants. He's used to enjoying large profits. He has no idea why he's uh, losing out on profits. And he somehow equates the fact that the banker won't, that the banker won't get in touch with him as a sign that the banker thinks he's a loser and doesn't want to do any business with him anymore. So that night, uh, George had a bad dream. Um, He. Had a dream. Louise woke him up and, you know, he's like, it was the worst dream. Um, the whole world was wearing wash and wear, which is a bad a bad deal for a guy who's in the dry cleaning business. Uh, if everybody's doing wash and wear. Then he part of the dream, he put a hole in some a customer's um clothing when he was trying to get out of spot. So he ends up rubbing a hole into it, and the hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger um, to where he could walk through the hole. Uh, through that hole, you could see a gold ladder. He tries to climb that ladder, but he keeps slipping down because there's a wax. There's, there's wax on the, the ladder. And this was a thing that was uh, funny because Louise tried to then be a good wife. <laughs> a, she, well, yeah, a good wife. And she was, she's like interpreting his dream for him. He's like, well, you know, the bank is, a, is I mean, not the bank. The, the ladder is a sign of 
the bank and Mr. Johnson um, is, the, is like the wax, Johnson's wax. And uh, because that banker is being slippery and not getting getting a hold of him. So that's what the the wax on the ladder symbolizes, his inability to get in touch with the with the banker. <laughs> so the, the other part, the crazy part, he falls into an A-train um, full of zebras. Look, we didn't understand that, and Louise didn't try to explain that. She's like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have an interpretation <laughs> for that." But he's trying to go up these. Uh, he he eventually gets off the train. He tries to go up this escalator. He go, he gets on the up escalator, but he's actually going down, and the down escalator is going up. And as he's going down. He's going down and he sees like a bunch of cockroaches saying, welcome back. <laughs> like, he's like, no, I don't want to go back to the ghetto. So um, that was that was his his bad dream. You know, he's very worried about the fact that he can't get a hold of Mr. Johnson to help keep his business afloat or whatever he, he needs Mr. Johnson for. Um, and he's thinking that it's like the, the, the first step to his, his way back down. Um, like he's just one step away from having to move back to the ghetto. So next day, um, Bentley comes by their apartment and, and he's really praising George for his cleaners doing a great job at a hem or, or some tailoring that was done to a pair of pants. And he said, oh, it's really great. Um, but then in the course of, of telling the story about how fabulous a job his cleaners did, he tells George that there's a new cleaners around the corner, which for some reason George doesn't even know. I don't know how you can be in the cleaning business and not know a new cleaners opened up around the corner, but mm-hmm. he didn't know. And he said the cleaners around the corner is always packed because they have lower prices. So, uh, but, you know, I think he, he mentioned that because he's like, oh, you don't have anything. To, he's praising, praising him about the, the, the good job his cleaners did on his pants. But he's like, oh, you, you don't have anything to worry about with, the type of work that you do, you know, and that's when he reveals the new cleaners around the corner um, and how packed they are because of their prices. So, um, the, another part of, of this story was uh, related to Lionel. Um, I think at this point, after, after Bentley tells George, that there's a cleaners, he has, he, he realizes that his problems don't have to do with him necessarily. It has to do with that. Oh, he's got some new competition and he just didn't realize it. Um, before we get into Lionel, I'll just kind of wrap this point up to the Louise comes home one day and finds out, uh, she has a paper, a newspaper. And come to find out the whole time, Mr. Johnson was never at the bank. 
he had, hadn't been in the bank for two weeks. Uh, and the bank was covering for him by saying he was out to lunch or um, he was out sick or whatever excuse they came up for him. But in reality, he actually left to South America with $500,000. So, um, yeah, Mr. Johnson was slippery. He, he was he was he was out there, but he uh, he Mr. Johnson wasn't coming back. Um, and and it, his not returning George's calls um, had nothing to do with George at all. But the the key point too that George that you know George was becoming very concerned about himself and and his winning streak in life, really for no good reason. Because a good point that Louise had made earlier was that if Mr. Johnson wanted to deny you a loan, would he have any problem just telling you no? And George said, no, you would just tell me. And so he said, well, there's no good, there's no reason why he would be avoiding you on purpose. And come to find out he wasn't avoiding him. He was just avoiding everyone because it looks like he took off with half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he got his own loan. He got his own Mr. loan. Mr. Johnson took his own five, loan. Five finger loan. Yeah, five. It take more than five fingers to <laughs> take five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> with you. That's yeah. a lot of money. Then that's a lot of money now. That was a lot of money then. So, well, let's take a quick break, really quick, Summer. And when we come back, I'm going to touch on some of the um, other points of the issue as far as um, Lionel um, owing someone some money. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back. Okay, guys, welcome back. So uh, earlier Summer mentioned that Lionel asked George for $20, and George was not willing to give him the $20 because of what was all going on. The reason why Lionel needed $20 is he owed someone the $20. Lionel has a uh, a friend, or well, not a friend, acquaintance. An acquaintance at school that Lionel is always losing to him when it comes to some type of bet. Um, Lionel even goes as far as to mention that the guy wanted to bet Lionel that his real name was not Lionel and that the guy almost convinced him <laughs> that, his that, his, that his name wasn't Lionel. <laughs> and so... Lionel's like, Dad, what, what do I do about this, you know? And personally, me as a father, I would have told him just stop betting, you know, because um, betting is it's, it's a gamble. That's what it is. Like, you can either win high or lose low, or you can go on a losing streak, or you can go on a winning streak. And when you're on that losing streak, it, it's not fun. You can go into debt easily. But George comes up with a trick to show Lionel to end his losing streak with this guy. So what Lionel, what George does is he has a deck of cards and he puts three pairs out, king, ace, and queen. And then he asks Lionel to, you know, put your bet in. We're betting a dollar or whatever. And he goes on to tell Lionel, okay, 
pick any pair, any pair you want or whatever. And Lionel's like, any pair? And Georgie's like, yes. And Lionel takes the two kings. And then George's like, okay, that's what you want? He's like, yes. And George, it's my turn now. So he takes the $2. <laughs> that's a pair. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Lionel's like, no, you can't do that. And George said, well, I said any pair. pair. You can take any pair. And Lionel's excited now. And from this, it got George's confidence back up. So he ended up calling the company that he bought the cleaning equipment from and told them off, basically, like, look, the equipment that you sold me is faulty. I need you to replace it. So his balls are, are, he got his balls back now, basically. (laughs) So then he calls the bank and someone you know, goes off like, well, you know, you be sure to tell him that, I'm, that I call and I need to speak to him or whatever. And when he gets off the phone with, with the bank, that's when Louise actually walks in and Summer touched on that, how um, in the paper it says that Mr. Johnson ran off with the $500,000 from, from the bank. Mm-hmm. So those are just small things that Summer didn't mention that I wanted to bring up about this episode. And another thing is um, we have, once again, Florence was in this episode as well, and she asked for a raise. Or no, George told her he was going to give her a raise. Mm. And she asked about it, and he was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not giving you a raise or, or whatever. But um, after he gets his confidence back and find out that he wasn't getting denied for the, the loan or whatever, he goes ahead and... Um, Tell Florence, you know, I'm going to give you your raise after all or whatever. Another thing is when it comes to George's profit is it's not to say that the the new cleaners, because they had lower prices, that the customers was using that cleaners. It's just the fact that now there's um, options. So. That's probably why his profits went down because people had options now. And, of course, people will like to pay less for items, of mm. course. But we have options. You know, you were like, let me try this place out. They might clean a little bit better or their customer service is better. Their hours of operation fits my, my schedule or whatever. So that could be one reason why he lost, you know, some money in his physical year as far as his profit was concerned or whatnot. So yeah, that was some small things that that um Summer didn't mention about the episode that were in the episode. And with that said, we're going to we're not going to take a break, but we're going to just go ahead and get into Quivia, and then we're going to get into our our thoughts on the show. Well, before we do even do that, Shannon, I I want to this is the time of the show when we talk about our Instagram. And Facebook. We're at Black Sitcom History on both Facebook and Instagram. Check us out there. Um, the website, as as we said, you have to check out Instagram and Facebook for when the website launches. So keep up with that there. Um, also, if you go to Black Sick, I'm sorry not blacksitcomhistory.com. That is the website that's coming. 
But if you go to anchor.fm forward slash black sitcom history, there is a link to our social media, a link to our mailing list, and there's um, a link to where you can leave us a message. Leave us a voice message. If you would like for your message to remain private, just go ahead and leave us a message and we'll keep it private. Um, if you want for us to put you on air, um, let us know. Say, hey, this is our message or my message and put me on and we will do so. With that, um, we usually do quivia at the end of the episode, but we can go ahead and do it now. Let's just do it now. We, I mean, right. we can be spontaneous. It doesn't have to be always the same way. <laughs> okay. Or we can do. All right. We could ask the quivia question and give the answer at the end. Oh. We can do it that way. See. Oh. So. Okay. But, well, let's ask the question and then do 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 the answer at the end. Okay. Okay. So this uh, Wednesday's quivia question is: What is Bentley's, Mister Bentley's? first name what is mr bentley's first name and that is the question and we will answer it at the end of this episode okay we will all right so what did you get out of this show summer the thing that i got out of this one it it seemed like George could have been one step away from losing it all. One bad year away from devastation. Um, what that makes reminds me of is that you, you never know the financial situation or financial worries of people who are on the outside looking in, living large. Um, and with George, he does a lot of chasing around bankers and getting loans. And loans is, is, is debt. So there's no telling how much debt is in George's businesses and, um, you know, how much the debt is really propping up the business and propping up his life uh, personally. So um, it was kind of, you know, scary. You know, they've moved on up, but is they, do they have a long-term plan? Like, are they going to keep living off these loans? Are they going to keep make, you know, injecting money into their company just through these loans? Um, so it was just interesting to see how, you know, you just never really know. You never really know, um, what someone's financial situation really is. Just looking and observing, observing them, um, on the outside. I wonder, I mean, I suspect that George knows the ins and outs of his business and he 
he's got an accountant accountant who keeps him up to date on on things and I just figure he's a little savvy, business savvy, and he knows what's what's what and what's going on with his business. Um, so for him to think that their one bad year, you know, half half the profits this year versus last year, and uh, a poor choice in in buying um, some equipment, that that would really be the beginning of the end for their their livelihood. So for me personally, um, I mean it's just a, a reminder of to be cautious and have a, a big long term a long term plan. Um a slow and steady approach to building wealth um, and really not relying on too much debt to get by. You know, they have, uh, and we thought for, until we started watching these episodes again, Shannon, we thought that they own their apartment. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with, being a business owner and being a renter. There's nothing wrong with being a renter and at any stage. Um, but it's just like, whoa, okay. Um, if you have a whole lot of debt, then what, what exactly do you own? Like, do you own anything? And if these loans become, if the profits uh, go down any further, maybe I highly doubt that the, the new cleaners around the the corner can really keep up with a high demand. They might be getting a lot of traffic, like you said, Shannon, because they're the new kid on the block and they the the patrons want to see if they can do a great job at this lower price. It might turn out, and I suspect that it would, that you know you, you get what you pay for. <laughs> So I, I I don't you know I don't think that that it's a, a long term issue but you know you can't you have to have a, a a plan to to weather bad years and you have to have your your eggs in more than one basket too because like that dream that George had what where people um, everybody wore wash and wear clothing. I mean, what if that, what if that happened overnight? What if that were true overnight for George Jefferson? And then what would he do? <laughs> you know, um, how could he like parlay his dry cleaning company into something else, or maybe invest his money somewhere else? And you know, I don't know. Maybe he's doing that. We don't, we don't, we don't see that on the show. But maybe, maybe he is doing that. But it, it is worrying to think that you're just one bad year away from financial ruin. That was like the lesson, I guess, to just kind of the the cautionary part of this episode. Um, 
You know, and we know that George likes to spend money. Mm. He likes to spend money and he likes to be flashy. He likes to impress. Uh, but if you're one one bad year away from financial ruin, maybe you should be a little more conservative with your spending. Yeah. Mm. It, it can take less than a year for you to lose it all. Yeah. I mean, we see it now since Corona's came around. Yeah. And so many businesses had to close and then finally close down. You know, they closed. Permanently. Yeah, permanently. Exactly. And and I feel sorry for the businesses that just opened say early January of twenty twenty. And March, April roll around after close their doors already. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna piggyback off a little of what you you said, Summer. It's like, you know, a lot of people live for like today with their finances and don't really think about what they have today could be gone tomorrow, like you said. And then tomorrow you're thinking about what you should have done yesterday <laughs> with with your finances or how you should have taken care of your finances in a, in a different different way. So there's many of stories of um professional athletes who were on top financially and now working at car wash. You know, I, I read a story. I don't know if I talked about it on this episode, but there was a NFL player, or maybe NBA. Well, anyway, he was a professional athlete. And, you know, he was on top at one point, and and um, he moved on down, as mm-hmm. the title of this show is, and he finally found himself working at a car wash, and uh, the customers were complaining because. He was scratching their car up while he dried their car. And the reason he was scratching their car is because he had his championship ring on. Mm. And the owner's like, look, you're you're messing up my customer's cars with your ring. I need for you to take it off. And he was the athlete told them, told the, the owner, like, look, this is all I have left of who I once was. And what I once had. Mm -hmm. So not only do you lose financially, but I'm sure that can hurt you emotionally a lot. Identity, it affects like, yeah, who who you thought you you were. were. Right. And and the things you had, and now you got to go back to where you worked so hard to get to. Mm -hmm. And like Simon said, we don't know the Jefferson's financial situation, really. We just know. That they came up, he owns several dry cleaners, they have an apartment that they're leasing, they definitely have more money than what they had, Mm. and George is concerned about a 10% loss of profit that he made. He's not in in the hole, he still made a profit, but he's concerned like, man, if it goes this bad next year I won't make a profit at all and I might end up back to where I came from right now 
I guess that comes full circle again, how we talk about number one. It might help to not forget where you come from because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go back to that place. And if he forgets what that place was, he might not pay too much attention of what his spending is like and how much he's spending and not be concerned about ending up back in that place. Yeah. But since he knows what it's like, he hasn't forgotten it. He doesn't want to go back to that place. So he's trying to do whatever he can to t- to stay afloat if it's going into deeper debt, which is, it, it's, I, heard, I heard a saying the other day about debt. It, it wasn't debt's the devil. It was, uh, man, debt. I forgot how it goes, but I'm going to have to remember so I can bring it up in another episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, and I, I, and many people live off debt mm-hmm. and make it through life living off of debt, but you, you never really have your own. Well, I guess you will have your own, but you won't have that wealth portion of it because you're always paying somebody. Are you, what did they say? Stealing from Paul to pay Robin Peter to pay Paul. Oh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, this is more of an advice to the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, pay attention to your finances. Um, make sure you have something that's building you wealth. So, in in cases of something happening where um, you have to downsize or something or whatever you'll still be comfortable. You won't end up on the streets per se. Yeah, so. just be cautious. Except one of the things too that happens when you, or if, if you've come from poverty or lower middle class or whatever the case may be, you have got a a, a lot more money, but you might associate now with people who have even more money than you and you start thinking that you deserve more so that's another reason why you could get caught up in in this debt too because you feel like you deserve more um you know when you're living in poverty or when you're living in a lower class or around um you know blue collar working class kind of neighborhood not a whole lot of wealth in the in the neighborhood. Um, there's not a whole lot of expectation for really balling out necessarily. But once you start attaining more money, having more money, having more access to things, you have access now to other people who have not only just as much money as you do now, but they have more. So the the concept of living within your means doesn't just apply to lower class. Uh, it applies to everybody. I mean, even if you make $10 million a year, you know, you can't spend $10 million and $1, <laughs> you know. So that concept 
of living within your means applies to all. So just be very, very cautious of that because the people you associate with, um, the people you associate with can, can highly influence what you think you deserve to have uh, access to, what luxuries you think you should have. You know, you become wealthy, a thousandaire, and you have millionaire friends who have, uh, or acquaintances who have a house full of antiques. Now you think you should have a house full of antiques because it's a, a symbol of more. Um, I know in the, the working world, the cor- corporate world, or I don't know if it's just the corporate world, but um, there's this concept of, um, of dress, dress for where you want to go, right? So not where you are, but where you want to go. And I think that that happens to people too. They think that if I acquire the trappings of success, then more success will come to me. So if I get the fancy car, if I get the fancy this, then I will on the outside appear like I'm a millionaire, even though I'm a thousandaire. And maybe that's going to draw in um, more money to me. But it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> it doesn't even sound right. To me. It, I'm about to go buy a $100,000 car. Oh, and it's going to bring me wealth. Oh, I'm sure that happens all the time because I, I think people realize that they, you know, think that who you associate with is, is like who you know. You, you get where you get in life based on who you know. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And if you look like people who have a lot of money, then you, the idea is that you will attract people who have a lot of money. And can you can make therefore make connections and you can have the access. So that happens all day, every day. Yeah. yeah. I can understand that. But yeah, just, just like George was George was about to um reactivate. That's not the word I want to use. Mm-hmm. Um his ulcer. What's the word I want to use? Um, I don't know. He was um <laughs> bring back his ulcer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Aggravate his ulcer. That's the word I'm looking for. Aggravate. Oh, Aggra- aggravate. Aggravate. Yeah, aggravate his, that makes his, more sense. His, his ulcer and <laughs> get sick. He won't have rich man disease anymore if he mm. um, goes bankrupt mm-hmm. or have to close yeah. the cleaners or whatever. And lastly, um, I touched on this earlier about, you know, I, when football season rolls around, I I might bet here and there, but I'm not a big fan, so I usually just bet by looking at the helmets. Oh my goodness! <laughs> or whatever, but it's, it's it's just it's 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 not a large sum of money, but betting can get you in some debt as well and yeah. trouble, mm-hmm. and give you some low self esteem because Lionel looked like his self esteem was like low as well because he was like this guy just keeps beating me no matter what we bet on or what not he said he asked some asked some girl how old she was and then he he and his uh acquaintance bet on how old that girl was 
I don't know what what age he thought she was. But no, he she, ended up losing she, the bet anyway because she lied about her age. She, yeah, you know women lie about the age. So she told Lionel. Lionel thought he won this bet because he asked her her age a, a, a while ago, a week or so ago, and she told him. Mm-hmm. And of course, she she lied, and I don't know how his acquaintance, Quayton, found out that the, her true age. <laughs> how they found out, but Lionel thought that he really won that bet, and. And by Lionel asking his father to help him out, George ended up helping himself out. He figured yeah. out something himself. And you can do that by giving giving a helping hand to people. You know, you can realize things in your life that you've been trying to figure out. Like, man, you know. I've been trying to figure this out, and I just gave this person some advice mm-hmm. that can help me um, move forward on some issues I might have within myself or in, in my life or whatever. And so, and that was another good father-son lesson somewhat. George didn't tell Lionel to stop betting, but he showed him a way to um, out-trick somebody. Yeah, outsmart his competition. Outsmart some, yeah, (laughs) outsmart your competition, you know, and to put an end to it maybe because that's probably why Lionel kept betting because he was like, man, I'm going to beat this person one day. But he was on, he was just losing and he gets that losing, hate to lose mentality from his dad because in an episode or so ago, George and Louise were playing Jim Rummy and George is a sore loser. We we found out that he's a sore loser. So Lionel probably gets that from his from his dad. But yeah, so George taught his son a lesson. It was about how to outsmart somebody. He never really said stop betting is not a, a good thing. Or I what, like that advice better though. What the, the stop betting? Oh, the stop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, stop betting and get a job. Right. But <laughs> like I said, I think I think Lionel was just doing it because he just wanted to win at least once. Yeah. And so George showed him how to um to do that. And then we're going to wrap it up and I'm going to tell you how George tried to play the same card trick on Louise. Yeah. But Louise, she, she no dummy. She's not a dummy. When he told her to pick any two pairs, she picked those $2. <laughs> mm-hmm. And won, won the, it's not even a bet, but, you know, yeah. won, won the riddle or, or he whatever. He didn't outsmart yeah, her. He didn't yeah. outsmart her. So now he owes her $242 because <laughs> he owes her 240 from the Jim Rummy. Jim Rummy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was this episode, Summer. Okay. So, so we need to give an answer to yeah. the question. Yes, we do. The question, just in case you all forgot, for uh, Wednesday's Quivia is, what is Mr. Bentley's first name? And you guys should know this. Come on, guys. You should know this one. We've talked about this. It was a, the name of, it was the title of a show. Episode. It was a title. It, it was in a couple titles. Really? Yeah. So what is what is Mr. Uh, Bentley's first name? Harry. Harry is correct. Ding 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 ding. I was I was nervous a little bit. Oh, I thought it was Henry. 
No. Harry. Harry and Daphne was an episode and a dinner for Harry was the name of another oh, that was a episode good one. for his, his birthday. I forgot about that. Yeah, so we had a, we've had a couple of episodes with his first name. And, yeah. I'm, I'm happy they brought Florence back in, in this episode as just, she was... Every day. Yeah, every day, like housekeeper instead of a... Uh, not wearing that outfit that either. Outfit. Nightmare from that outfit. It's like <laughs> ugly. Speaking of outfits... Uh, how you mentioned before how buying something of of not wealth but buying something somewhat expensive mm-hmm. how you can manipulate your way into wealth or money i remember my mother told me when um you know she moved out on her own or whatever a young adult um she wasn't balling, of course, but she, she had her little job. It was a receptionist job. And she had two skirts and three shirts that were work attire. Mm-hmm. And she mixed and matched them so well, no one ever knew mm-hmm. that she was wearing the same three shirts and two skirts. Yeah. <laughs> and she moved her way on up, though. Mm-hmm. So, and something else, it, it was difficult for me to say moving on down. Instead, I'm so used moving to saying on moving, down. moving yeah. on up, moving on down. Anyway, <laughs> audience, that's that's my thoughts and final say on this episode. Thank you guys so much again for coming back. We always appreciate you coming back for more. Go ahead, man. Um, I was just gonna. Remind them to come back on Friday. That's yeah. it. Okay. And we want to acknowledge our new listeners from Germany, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's our, the new new country on the list. One, one of these episodes, we got to run down like cities or something because the, mo- the bulk of our listenership is in United States, of course. Um, and a whole lot in, in, in all over California. Um, so. Yeah, we shout out these countries, but we 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 see you, United States. We we know that you are you are supportive and you're you're there for us. But yeah, we saw Germany pop up um in our um analytics, so that was interesting. Yeah, and on last note, I would like to uh, give a shout out to my good friend Darnell. Um, stay strong, get get well. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. And to our audience, we'll see you all on Friday. Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye. Peace.
Music from this episode is by yours truly, Summer Sky. The single is called About Love, and it's available on all digital music and streaming platforms. Check the episode description for more details.